Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. And a welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hopefully, you're tuning in right after listening to episode 127. This is 128. On our last show, we talked about the AFC in terms of the draft landing spots that are available. On this episode, we're talking about the NFC landing spots that are available. Guys, I'm so excited. Listeners, you're listening to this. The draft is tomorrow. Wow, wow. Friendly reminder, John... Yeah, tomorrow, John and I are going to be live on your computer, on your phone, on your tablet, whatever it is. Uh, find us on social media at RedshirtsFFPod. That's where you can see our Periscope stream, as well as on YouTube. Uh, you can check that out there. All right, boys, let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it here. We are talking NFC North to start, and we're going to start with the Chicago Bears. Shaitan. Okada, take it away. Uh, this is a poopy division all around, guys. It's like it the is. opposite of the NFC South. And this is the poopiest of the teams, I think. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, theoretically, if the quarterback got drafted here to compete with Trubisky and Foles, it could be kind of interesting, but I don't expect that to happen, and I don't think he would necessarily win. Running back, they drafted David Montgomery, obviously, last year in the third round. They still have Tariq Cohen. If they, they could draft somebody, and if they do, and he's good, he could certainly compete with David Montgomery. I don't think David Montgomery is that great. How However, he, he kind of just fits what they want to do, which is take a lot of carries and be decent and be fine and have a good defense. So I don't love this landing spot for a running back, but if he's good enough, if they take him early enough, and it seems like they're going to have him compete for a lead role... He could be a late second round pick potentially. I still think it hurts him most likely compared to like an average landing spot. As for wide receiver, kind of an interesting scenario here across the board for a lot of different reasons. First of all, Allen Robinson is on the last year of his contract. He's up after this, free agent next year. Very talented player, could go a lot of different places. Maybe they resign him, maybe they don't. If they don't, that leaves Anthony Miller as a lead guy. A rook, or not a rookie, a sophomore last year that I love. I think he has a, every opportunity to be a team's wide receiver one, so that could be the case. But even if it's not, and Allen Robinson stays, beyond that, they have diddly squat. Literally. Like Corderell Patterson is the next guy technically listed on their Javon depth chart wins. who's not even a really a wide receiver. Yeah, Javon Wims, Riley Ridley, the lesser cousin, brother? Not sure. Uh, brother. The lesser maybe. Ridley, that's all you got to say. However, if I, want, if I want a receiver to go to a spot where he maybe is going to compete for second or in a year or two compete or be the second, I want him to have a good quarterback. I want him to be you know, five years of greatness in the future with a nice young quarterback. They have Mitch Trubisky, the wonder douche, and Nick <laughs> Foles, who I don't think is going to win the job. And oh if he does, is likely to just be a game manager. So this is a you tough spot. Trubisky in a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to see spot. a dead body? <laughs> uh, this is a tough spot as far as wide receiver. I'm probably not going to like anyone who goes here either. So this is all around not a great place for your skill position players to go. I don't think they could compete, but I don't think they're going to be competing for elite production anytime soon. 
So we're making a T-shirt out of that. I'm just letting you know yeah. right now. <laughs> he has to win the job, though. The I think otherwise he just goes to obscurity. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was savage. Oh my god, uh, Okada! Level. If you if you think I'm not taking this video clip and <laughs> oh, making it for a social, this is going everywhere. Uh, but, everywhere. Oh boy, it's going up. Look for it tomorrow, boys. Oh, I, I can't, can't wait. wait. That's gonna be gold. Oh man, I'm I'm sending it to Adam Rank. Sipping. I'm sending it to Adam Rank. Oh yeah, you know right now. On to the Vikings. Guys, huge, huge, huge opening here at wide receiver after the trade of Stephon Diggs. They have a couple of first-round picks. They have two, and they've got a big hold uh, there at the wide receiver depth chart. They've got Adam Thielen, and behind him, B.C. Johnson is there too. So Oof. this is a spot that I would love to see um, someone come in and compete for that wide receiver one role with Adam Thielen, who, uh, yes, is still very good, but is... After that age of 30, and not saying he's going to fall off, but within two to three years, you could be looking at the wide receiver one in this offense. Mm -hmm. At the running back position, obviously Dalvin Cook is there. They took Alexander Madison last year in the draft. Uh, really good backup running back there for them, so I don't think that's a huge area of need. At tight end, Irv Smith is a name to, to monitor in dynasty leagues behind Kyle Rudolph. So I don't think that that's really an area of need for them either. And obviously with Kirk Cousins they're probably set at least for the foreseeable future. So honestly, this team is pretty straightforward. They're going to take a wide receiver in round one, most likely with one of those two picks. And I've seen a couple of mocks that have Justin Jefferson Ooh. falling there. I've seen a couple mocks Ooh. that have That'd Denzel Mims going there. Mm. Either one of those. As well. So both of those are really, really intriguing. So watch out for that wide receiver there to play alongside Adam Thielen and be potentially fantasy relevant as early as, as year one, tons of targets Facts. left behind there uh, by Stephon Diggs. Sure. Love it. All right, John, we're over to you, man. Let's go up to Detroit. Let's talk about the Lions. Yeah, let's take it up to Michigan. Um, Detroit, before Matt Stafford got hurt last year, dude, they were cooking. He He's was balling. He was playing. Best football of his career. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he was playing the best of his career. Kenny Galladay is an emerging just stud. Um, Marvin Jones is a great second. Um, this might be an interesting landing spot for a tight end. I know we're not talking tight ends very much, but if they do grab a Cole Komet, um, that's interesting. Mm. That's something that I would look at. As Are you not a, not a Hawkinson guy? Um, I am a hot guy, but they need more than just one. I think that Hawkinson is is great. Um, I think that he has huge potential. He showed a massive game one last year against the Cardinals, who yep. were the worst defense yep. in the NFL. It was locked. If you had a tight end on your roster that played against the Cardinals or they were available on the waiver wires, you pick them up and you stream yeah. them against the Cardinals Put them on your last roster. year. It was abysmal defense against the tight end position. They put they gave up a tight end one, it seemed like, every single week. Um, other than that, uh, he had a really up and down year. So they might need a second tight end. I don't know if they're going to run much two tight end sets. I'm not sure about that. But if one of the top tight ends, like uh, Albert O or Cole Komet or your boy from Dayton, uh, bets. Yeah. Love me some Troutman. Yeah. If Troutman ended up there, like if one of the top three tight ends ended up there, it would be intriguing as a late round stash. But anyways, 
running back to me is the interesting one for Detroit. I think they're good at wide receiver. They've even have um, uh, Danny Amendola as their wide receiver three. So they're, I think they're good at receiver. At running back, they've got Carrion Johnson, who I was super high on until he got hurt. I don't know that they're all in on him. Like, if they go high draft capital on a running back in Detroit, that running back has a legit chance to win the job outright as being the starter. So running back to me is the interesting one to watch for Detroit. Um a really big opportunity in what I think is going to be a really powerful offense this year, bringing back a healthy Stafford and what they showed early in the season last year. Um, that would be interesting. If, if they go high draft capital on a running back for the lions, I would love that. I think it would be super solid. By the way, Matthew Stafford per game fantasy quarterback rank last year. What would you guess that it was? Third. Four. Four. Yeah. Above Russell Wilson, above Patrick Mahomes, above Drew Brees. Crazy. Dude was he was cooking. Blown. Cooking last year. And I and while we're talking about it, I know this is like the the draft show. I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm putting full confidence in Matthew Stafford from a health perspective. I know that's the Good. question mark that everyone says. Love it. I said the same thing for Carson Wentz last year. The back fractures are not a concern. So if we're looking at that offense bouncing back like John's suggesting, the running back in that offense is super, super intriguing. I think they'll have a lot of opportunity to score. And John, I've seen some mocks with Jonathan Taylor <gasps> in Detroit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Good Give golly. It, to me. it could happen. Give it to me now. It could happen. Give it. All right, last team in the division here. Let's go to the Packers. Okada, take it away. <clears throat> All right, well, just throwing this out there before we get to the actual positions that matters. Aaron Rodgers is the same age right now that Brett Favre was when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Late in the first round. Right around where their current pick is. Just saying. Uh, but assuming Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, the receiver position is very, very interesting. Obviously, they have Devontae Adams. No one is going to compete for the one spot. But everyone is going to compete for the two spot because it's yep. what's been happening for the last 70 years. Not really. <laughs> Ever since they lost the Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb situation, basically. Which was um, old. It was. It was beautiful. And that's what we want to get back to. So yep. draft a guy. Uh, after Adams, they got MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They got Equinemius St. Brown. Lots of guys with long names. Devin Funches <laughs> got signed on, but he's not going to do anything for you. Eh. It's a bunch of wide receiver fives trying to be the wide receiver two. <laughs> and they need to go out and get Aaron Rodgers, a guy who is a true wide receiver two, and get back to those golden days where Rodgers was throwing 40 touchdowns because he had two of the best receivers in the league at all times. So almost any receiver that goes here is going to jump up my boards. And a lot of receivers that go here, especially if it's a day one or two pick, are going to like skyrocket up my boards because there is opportunity there's quarterback talent there is good offense i trust the situation in the system a lot great landing spot for wide receiver running back not so much pretty awful actually aaron jones is amazing i expect them to keep this guy around for a long time as long as they can jamal williams is even a pretty solid rb2 for them so they don't even need depth there really it's not going to be a good spot for a running back to go so if one goes there, sorry to whoever that is. But receiver makes up for it. Also, tight end. Kind of interesting. Jimmy, yep. or not, not Jimmy. Jimmy is gone. Mercedes Lewis is all they have left now. They need a tight oh, end. Oh, Jay Sternberger. 
Oh, Sternberg. Uh, it does. Yeah. They took last year. That okay. That's that's fair. He's the one. It's not it's Mercedes Stern. Lewis. Currently, their depth chart has Lewis as one. I don't Lewis care from a target standpoint. April. Listen, what I was going to get to, regardless of who's there and who they potentially draft, is that Aaron Rodgers has not really done much of his tight ends for a long, long time. Did it like maybe one or two years of his career, really. Uh, who even was that way back in the day? I can't remember. But there's been maybe one good one with him. So if a tight end goes there, there's upside, certainly, if they figure out how to click with him. But it's also kind of messy. Well, and Rodgers is also just super temperamental, and if he doesn't like someone, he doesn't throw him the ball. True. So, there's that. Yeah, yeah in definitely. in our article that just went up about ideal landing spots, uh, Betts Okada and myself, we all picked two players, so there's six total on there. One of them for me was Jalen Rager to go to Green Bay opposite Devontae Adams. Something like that would be incredibly juicy. Rodgers has shown that he can support two fantasy relevant wide receivers if the talent is there you give him a solid number two option and i would love it yep yeah for sure and that pick at 30 is that that where they go 30 yes yes 29 30 something like that makes perfect sense for regger uh he's now getting a lot more round one buzz than he was just two weeks ago so i love that call if he lands in green bay super super intriguing uh for sure Let's go to the NFC South. I'm going to kick it off with the Saints. Listen, guys, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, arguably top two quarterback of all time. But spicy. He's probably, well, he leads, he has like every record. categorically That's true. like record. So he's up there. Uh, but regardless, he is obviously in his last season or two. So quarterback is a major area of need for this team. Do they address it this year? Do they address it next year? Do they get it in free agency? We'll see. But watch out for a dynasty quarterback there to potentially be the heir apparent to Drew Brees. I don't think it's Taysom Hill. You mean it's not Taysom Hill? How dare you, sir? It's not Taysom Hill. (laughs) Mohamed Sanu has more completions in his career than Taysom Hill. Savage. Uh, (laughs) It's the truth, man. It's just the the stats. Oh, my gosh. I, apparently, I put Taysom Hill in a body bag. Okada puts yep. Mr. Risky in a body bag. I'll find someone. Don't worry. We'll make it happen. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to take over here uh, as the third one. But at the wide receiver position, obviously, Mike Thomas, dude's a stud. They just brought in Emmanuel Sanders, but he is definitely a veteran. Traquan Smith hasn't done much. So I would think this is a really, really intriguing spot for wide receiver two in that offense. Maybe not this year as much behind Emmanuel Sanders, but certainly as early as next year to contribute in a big way. If Breeze isn't there next year, there's question marks for sure, but the offensive system is very, very good. Sean Payton knows how to get his playmakers the ball in space and excel in doing so. So I would still feel confident about that. Really intrigued by the wide receiver position. And then also, I'm intrigued by the running back position. And it's not because I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to have a great year. I think he will. But Latavius Murray is not a good running back. He is not. Okay. He is also okay, not Kent under contract Jr. for very long. <laughs> He's not, man. <laughs> Can he pound the rock up the middle 15 times? He is a decent running back. Touchdown? No, no, Oh, no. man. But I don't know. The show for this. I think he's pretty good. No. All right. Okay. No, no. He is... <laughs> he cannot make anyone miss. He doesn't uh, have to. He runs them but... over. <sighs> he's not good. Anyway, <laughs> he's been around the league for a while. And we know that that team... 
year after year after year gets the job done when it comes to fantasy points at the running back position. So even if Kamara is there, there is plenty of room for running back to contribute. Again, maybe not this year, but next year. I don't think they address that position super early in the draft, so it's probably a round three, round four type of guy. But a name to monitor, again, we like the system, we like the offense, uh, certainly could contribute as early as next year. Uh, and if you guys remember, when Kamara was taken there, no one talked about it. No mm. one cared because Adrian Peterson was there and Mark Ingram was Mark there. Yeah. And look where Kamara is now. So uh, watch out for the running back there and definitely the wide receiver two in the offense. All right, guys, next team here on the list. Let's talk about the Falcons. Uh, really interesting team this year. Yeah, let's. John, go ahead and take it away. Let's. Um, Falcons are intriguing. They were probably my favorite running back destination before oh. the Todd Gurley signing, and that made me sad. But they're still one of my favorite running back landing spots because they brought Todd Gurley in on a one-year bridge contract. That's all that they brought him in for. Um there's a potential that they could re-sign him to an extension if he shows up being healthy and contributing in a big way. Granted, like, I understand that, but it's him and it's nobody at all in Atlanta. Ito Smith, like, they don't have anything behind Todd Gurley because they let Devontae Freeman go. So... With him being only on a one-year contract, I think it's a really good opportunity if a rookie comes in. What I think of, I think of last year's Eagles with Jordan Howard. That's what I think is going on in Atlanta. Last year's Jordan Howard, short contract, veteran presence, bring in a young wide receiver or young running back to be behind him and kind of split touches. If that guy can show promise, if that guy can win the job and and show you know, electricity and an ability to contribute in a multitude of ways, then it's going to make Todd Gurley expendable, just like it did with Jordan Howard, who's now in Miami and Miles Sanders is encamped as the running back one in Philly. So to me, if they take a back, um, and I know that you guys have heard it a thousand times in this episode and the last, but draft capital really does matter where they take a player is important are you investing highly from a financial standpoint and a longevity standpoint in a player or not if you're taking a running back in round seven i don't really care about that player pushing a todd Gurley. if you take a running back in round two or three okay you have my attention so draft capital really does matter but if they they are going to take another running back to me atlanta is going to take another back at some point because one they just need the depth but if that running back can come in and because there are concerns about Todd Gurley's knee health and his longevity, if they spell him, if they split carries, if it's a 60-40 workload with that rookie and that rookie is just balling out down there, then by halfway through the season, latter part of the season, that rookie could be taking over the job and Todd Gurley could be expendable next season. So a dynasty landing spot in Atlanta at running back to me would be very intriguing if it's a top-tier talent. If it's a Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, it, you know, it's, I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to last to them. Maybe a Clyde Zolaire, but I want someone that's more of like an early down guy for them as well. Keyshawn Vaughn, who I brought up a couple times. 
if they go early with running back, it would be very intriguing to me. Wide receiver, you have Julio Jones, who we all love here on the show. He's high up on the list for us. Uh, consensus number six, I think it was. Dynasty wide receiver mm-hmm. six consensus for us. He's a top yep. 10 wide receiver until he's not. They've got Calvin Ridley. Um, they traded for uh, Hurst, tight end from Baltimore. So I think that mm-hmm. running back is really the only position that has a real opportunity to flourish. If they take a very talented wide receiver that we all like, it could be an interesting stash but that's that's about it. Running back, I think, is really the the only kind of viable play that could contribute this year. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I would love DeAndre Swift in this offense. I think it fits perfectly. Keep him in Georgia. Um, Just keep him there. Facts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keep all the Georgia Georgia guys together. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's too. go over here to yeah the Panthers. Uh, Okada, let's chat about the Panthers. Um, all right. I guess we could do that, Betts. Let's talk about the running back position. Okay, we're done talking they about the running back help. position. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy for forever until the end of time, and I don't want anyone else to go there. All right. Wide receiver. Wide receiver is interesting. So they got DJ Moore, certainly looking like he can be an established one for this team. Uh, very talented. Can hog the targets, so he's pretty much there and entrenched. After that, we got Curtis Samuel and now Robbie Anderson. Interesting players, somewhat maybe limited in their, uh, you know, their wealth of a, of usefulness or ability in this offense. I would not mind seeing a receiver go here. Uh, someone who it may be a big slot guy. Someone who can be a posse- another possession receiver across from DJ Moore. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback who is not going to be Matthew Stafford by any means, but we saw what he did with the Saints and Michael Thomas last year, and it was plenty sufficient. I think he can be fine, support a decent passing game. It, whoever does go here, if it's going to be a receiver, is going to have to be a guy, I think, who's going to command targets because I don't think this is going to be necessarily a big play offense. It's not going to be the Chiefs. You're not going to see Teddy Bridgewater hitting Meikle Hardman's and Tyree Kills for 70-yard touchdowns. This is going to be a dink and duck on offense primarily. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel underneath. They got Robbie Anderson to be the deep guy, but I don't really like that very much, which is one of the reasons I'm down on Robbie. So I'd like to see a guy who kind of fits that mold a little bit more, maybe a big possession guy. And if if they take a guy like that, I think it's mostly neutral, but maybe a little bit of a bump. I don't think it's negative. I think there will be targets to go around for the most part. Uh, and I think that they can contribute pretty quickly. These guys are all young. So, well, Robbie Anderson is kind of old, but I don't expect him to be a target hog. Yeah, when Robbie Anderson is the most veteran wide receiver on your team, yeah. that's that's a young core, man. It is. Yeah, for sure. And one thing, too, to consider is, you know, this is a new coaching staff. So, did they look at this, you know, group of receivers, which is an extremely deep class? Do they look for a guy that fits what they want to do yeah. more? We'll see. Is there any chance that Joe Brady now being the offensive coordinator wants him some Justin Jefferson back? I uh, yes, I think there's plenty oh, of chance he wants that. I would love is that. that? I would love. Is that. that a thing? Could that happen? Like that would be juicy. 
Because it's like, hey, you remember the playbook from last year? Yeah, we're just going to run it again. So, um, you know the language, right? Yeah, cool. All right, no off-season program needed. Uh, We're just going to show up in September. True. Um, Man. That would be a great guy. Yeah, that fits the mold really well. I think Justin Jefferson can can contribute very quickly in this offense. Yeah, that just popped into my head, and boy, I love that all of a sudden. Wow. Yeah, that would be perfect. I don't... It, I don't know how that happens. I don't either. Because they're picking what? At least. I don't either, but it's, it's low. But it's fun yeah. to think so about. It's to, fun to think about that. It's fun potential. to think about. But that defense is horrendous. So bad. They need to address that big time. And I think that's where they go early and often in this draft. So we'll see. But yeah, watch for a wide receiver there uh, in Carolina. Last team here in this division is the Bucks. Ooh. If you missed it, go back <laughs> to our last episode. We talked about. Tom Brady with Gronk now. We talked about they have wide receivers. They're set. Listen, guys, we can keep this short and sweet. Clyde Edwards Elaire to the, the Bucks. <laughs> and we're done. If it happens, he's gonna skyrocket up my rookie. He rankings. might be my RB2 um, if that happens. I, I think that's a legitimate cha- like that's yeah. real. If because listen, Tom Brady for the last three years has we've seen his yards per attempt reduce every single season. We have also seen the percentage of his targets to the running back gradually increase. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the best pass-catching running back in this class, and I like him a lot from a pass-catching standpoint, so I think it fits perfectly what they would want to do. But even if it's not CEH, guys, I don't believe in Ronald Jones. I don't think he's the answer. Heck no. We talked about it with Gronk signing there. He's a very, very good blocking tight end amongst other skills, obviously, but really underrated as a blocker, there is an immediate hole here to be a running back one for this team and for fantasy, depending on who it is. So definitely watch out for that. Wide receiver, not much going on there. Tight end, they've got good depth. Quarterback, probably not. Obviously, Tom Brady there on a two-year deal. So running back, running back, running back. Uh, Really quick. All right, guys. We've talked about the big guys if they get a guy like a day three guy or maybe or now well, let's say a round three to five guy, maybe a Keyshawn Vaughn type player, someone in, that's currently in the middle of the second round for us, do they automatically jump into the first round of, of uh, rookie, rookie draft? Yes, yes. I think Keyshawn so. Vaughn would probably push for the like ten to twelve pick. All I was right. gonna say late yeah. first. Yeah, late for first. Like I, that. I think that that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn, Keyshawn yep. Vaughn to me Definitely. is so much more talented than Rojo. Facts. Yeah. I yeah. mean, everybody I is. I am more talented than Rojo. <laughs> he is accurate. Man. No doubt. Accurate. <laughs> Bets, give right, me guys, your team. Let's move over to the NFC give East. Give me your team, Bets. Yeah, but before we do, before we do, Ooh. I want to remind everyone about the sponsor of this podcast, and that is nutsandmore.com. Guys, Nuts and More is the place to go for your peanut butters, your almond butters, and they are packed with protein to help support your active lifestyle. No one wants to go to the grocery store right now. It is mayhem out there. It is chaos. It is terrifying to go into a grocery store. What are you going to do? You're going to order from nutsandmore.com, get it delivered right to your door, and when you do, let them know that the Red Shirts sent you by entering our code. That is code REDSHIRTS for 15% off your order today. Again, nutsandmore.com slash redshirts. Use the code REDSHIRTS to get 15% off your order. John, let's kick it off with the NFC East here. Let's talk about the best team in the NFC, okay. the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, before we <laughs> do that, um, I'm just going to th- throw a little shout out there. Quarantine Twitter for professional athletes has been hilarious. 
True. Like, so many athletes are just oh, yeah. bored out of their freaking minds. TJ Watt tweeted earlier this afternoon, did anyone else grow up drinking milk with dinner every night? Yes, TJ. Yes, yes, yes I yes, did. Yes, we all did. Like, <laughs> For sure. It's hilarious. Also, like, just must have been like a the, the whole TJ versus JJ beef, by the way, is one of the best parts of the whole oh, Twitter so sphere right now. They're, it's so fantastic. They're great. Anyways, going, I just, I love quarantine Twitter for professional athletes. It's been so funny. Like, TB12 comes down to Tampa Bay, and Mike Evans is like, I didn't even know that hummus was good. What's going on? It's like, okay, so Brady <laughs> sent you a shopping list. That's great. Um, so, anyways, going on to the NFC East, uh, the Eagles, let's see. Uh, second year running back, Miles Sanders, entrenched as being the dude. Check. They might, uh, well, they're going to bring in another running back for a depth piece. I, I don't know that they are fully committed to giving Miles Sanders 20 to 25 catches a game. Um, they're going to bring in someone else that might potentially have some sneaky value, depending on who it is there in the workload split, because that's how they viewed Sanders last year with having Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard got hurt. Miles Sanders was forced into a bigger role, and he did very, very well with it. Looked fantastic, but... I still think they're going to split touches there in Philly to some degree. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be 50-50. I'm not even saying it's going to be 60-40. Maybe it's closer to 70-30. But you might have a running back there that is eating into Miles Sanders' workload. So that's something to watch during the draft in where they take a running back and how they're valuing that. The glaring... Huge, massive opportunity in Philly is a wide receiver. If a stud wide receiver goes to Philly, that will be their wide receiver one. Like, without a doubt. There are rumors out there that they're looking to trade up and take CD. Uh, if this Ooh. if this happens while Betts and I are live streaming, Betts oh is going to go onto NFLshop.com and order a custom CD Lamb Philadelphia Eagles jersey while we are streaming because big facts legitimately if that happens it could be one of the really rare scenarios where a rookie wide receiver comes in and is a fantasy wide receiver one like it's one of those Ooh, it, could, mama. It, it could it's spicy but it's possible if you're telling me his only other competition is aging and injured alshon jeffrey um and that's it like, they don't have anyone else that's going to compete with CeeDee Lamb. He will be their X receiver. He will be the guy. Always. They will design plays to get him the ball in space. Hashtag always CeeDee. Always yes. CeeDee. It will literally be Wentz, Miles Sanders, Ertz, a little bit of Dallas, and then CeeDee Lamb. And that's <laughs> literally going to be the entire offense. But CeeDee will be the only and primary wide receiver option on every single play he's the one read in that offense on every single play especially with his ability after the catch all that they have to do is set up bubble screens with your two tight end set let them get downfield and block in the secondary and let lamb go take it for 40 yards like it's gonna be so juicy if it happens he could be one of those rare fantasy wide receiver ones if he ends up in philly um it sounds like they are all in on this idea and that they are trying to make it happen for CD or to go elite wide receiver option early. Even if it was Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson in Philly to me would be absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. 
I don't think that's wide receiver one ceiling, but that's still a very, very good asset that's going to give you easy top 24 value to me um, in that offense. So I good. Uh, I have a dilemma for you. Please. Let's say that that the Eagles trade up for CeeDee Lamb and Jonathan Taylor ends up going to the Bills. Does CeeDee jump Jonathan oh, Taylor oh, oh. for you for yes. the 101 yes. in a yes. one QB yes. rookie draft? In a one I know QB, it does for yes. you, Betts. I'm asking John because he is obsessed with Jonathan Taylor, and I'm gauging the importance of CeeDee Lamb's landing spot here. Okay. If CeeDee goes to Philly, one quarterback On a trade-up. Well, it's going to be a trade-up. It's the only way they get him. Probably, yeah. The yeah. only way that they get CeeDee Lamb is by trading up to, like, 10. That's what it's going to take for them to get CeeDee. CeeDee's not falling to Philly. They have to come up and get him if they're going to get him. Um, if they don't trade up, they're not getting him, period. But wait, One, will they get him if they don't trade up? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Let me just clarify that again. No. <laughs> Anyways, Okada, yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, uh, um, one quarterback league: Jonathan Taylor in Buffalo, mm-hmm. Ceedee Lamb in Philly. Mm-hmm. 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 He's, the gears st- are turning. I'm still taking Jonathan Taylor to take oh, over that backfield. Oh, so I'm wrong. still no. No, 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 because he's taking over that backfield. You're telling me that Jonathan Taylor does not earn more touches than Maybe more touches, but Devin Singletary is too good for, for Taylor to be a true bell cow. No. If he's not a bell cow if, and CeeDee Lamb on. is a pure shush, wide receiver one. Shush. If Cleveland has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in their backfield mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and still supporting Nick Chubb as being a potential running back one value. You're telling me that Jonathan Taylor competing with Devin freaking Singletary is not who's gonna, good. Who's fine. He's is, good. He's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Get out of here with that sass. He is adequate at best. Jonathan Taylor is like, Zeke Saquon level talent of a running back coming into this league. He will carve out a massive role in that offense if he goes to Buffalo. Anyways, we've gone on about this too far. If CeeDee Lamb True. goes to Philly, he would be my one my single quarterback league 1.02 is where I would take okay. him. Right. That's like it would be juicy. I would love it. I really, mm-hmm. really would. But my love for Jonathan Taylor knows no bounds. So True. It's it's wide receiver. <laughs> it was it's a social experiment question. It is a social experiment question. I get why you're asking it. Um, it's the it's probably the juiciest wide receiver landing spot available if it's an elite talent because that elite talent could literally Agreed. step in and be their team's wide receiver one. Green Bay, great opportunity for a wide receiver two opposite of Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. Philly, you have a clear track to being your wide receiver one. The only other place that I can think of that would support it as well would be Houston. And that would be mm-hmm. the only two places for me that have a talented white or talented quarterback on yep. a good offense that would support volume to a wide receiver one because the Jets will probably draft one, but I don't trust Adam Gase. That's lower for me. So to me, it's Eagles and Houston are the two elite landing spots for elite wide receiver prospects. Like it. 
Yeah, but the issue is seen. Houston doesn't have that round one pick. Right, because they so freaking traded it. The best yep, landing spot. They dumb. They dumb is the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles are the premier the landing spot for a. Because they're going to get that receiver. elite, that elite talent. Yeah, for sure. Okada, before we move on, I got to pose the same question to you. If it's CD in Philly and it's JT in Buffalo, who would you who t- would you take? Let, in your let me draft? tell you some of the bets. If it's CD in Philly or Jonathan yeah. Taylor in Tampa Bay, Ooh. I'm still taking CD. Oh, shush. Oh, oh shush. We are talking about a wide receiver one for the next decade. Yeah. I, Easy I was adjusting my, my pre-draft rookie rankings. I think it's important to have a base system going into the drafts so that you know how much landing spot matters and doesn't. And I would like put CD up one and then I'd be like, yeah, but I like Swift. And then I put him up like one more and then I'd be like, oh, I really like Swift. Like, let's put him back down below Swift. By the end of the day, I had him at 1.02 in single quarterback, not even knowing his landing spot. Like, I think CD deserves consideration at 1.01. No matter CD, what, I, I think he's a can't miss. We are so is, off the rails right now, by the way. CD just throwing is, I know, but it's CD Lamb. <laughs> CD is DeAndre Hopkins esque to me. Like, yes, that ability after the catch in the air to adjust to the ball, footwork is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, like this dude in the last few years is the best wide receiver prospect that that we've seen. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, let's move on here uh, to the Cowboys. Okada, take it away. Uh, all right. So the Cowboys are poo-poo, honestly, as a landing spot, almost across the board. Quarterback, no thanks. They have Dak Prescott. They do not need a quarterback. Uh, running back, no. They have Ezekiel Elliott. And actually, Tony Pollard has been decent yep. as a backup, or uh, certainly profiles to be a fine backup, so they don't even really need the depth. At wide receiver, they have Amari Cooper, who they just signed to a fat contract. And Michael Gallup, who I, as we've talked about on this podcast, believe is one of the better wide receiver twos in the entire league. I think he has wide receiver one ability and could be a wide receiver one on a lot of other teams. This is sneakily probably one of the better wide receiver duos in the NFL for NFL purposes. It could be for fantasy purposes as well. So I don't really like the opportunity for a wide receiver here. Um, maybe if it's a slot guy, kind of to replace that Cole Beasley sort of role that they used to have, it's kind of okay. They 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 did throw the ball a lot. They could continue to throw the ball more. Maybe he'll get enough targets to be con- a contributor, but he's not going to be a guy with wide receiver one upside. I don't even think he'd be a guy with wide receiver two upside. It's not a good spot for receivers. The one place that is kind of interesting is tight end. They have Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz there. Insert cricket noise yeah. here. Uh, eater, eater. And they and they are used to having, or well, they have had for a long time, Jason Witten, obviously one of the greatest to play at that position. I think that's a decent chance they go out and get a tight end here. It may not be in the first two rounds. It's typically isn't unless you're a really, really good tight end. So that hurts a little bit. But if they get someone in round three or four, I'm probably stashing with the back of rookie drafts. Uh, and if they do go get a guy on on day two, especially one of the guys I like, like Cole Komet, uh, Alberto, then you're looking at a potential second round rookie pick, I think. So that is one interesting spot, but the rest of it is... Yep, definitely agree with that. Uh, one team that does have 
some big time openings here on the offensive side of the ball is the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins is the starter as of now, but they are picking at two. There's been some rumors. Maybe they're looking quarterback. We're not sure, but either way, Dwayne Haskins is the guy as of now. Do they address the position as well in this draft with a, a second tier type of option? Maybe, but that is a spot to watch. The other one, and this is a, a bigger hole to fill, I think, is the the wide receiver position. They've got Terry McLaurin, who we all love on this podcast, but outside of that, question marks all over the board. And at tight end, who knows? So there's lots to like about those two landing spots. And then at running back, I think we're all hopeful for a Darius Geist bounce back, but they have Adrian Peterson. They just brought in uh, J.D. McKissick. They've got Bryce Love, who they Peyton drafted a Marber. couple years ago. So Peyton Barber, yeah. It, it's just But I'm just saying, they've just brought of, in a lot of people. Yes. Like, just meh. a lot of you meh know? people they've just stuffed mm-hmm. that room with. Right. And they've, they've got so much to work on with this team that I don't think running back is a real concern as of now. So do they take a guy in the later rounds? Maybe. Is it going to matter? Probably not. So I think the biggest two positions to watch here on this team, a surprise at quarterback, maybe, and then definitely the wide receiver and the tight end position for fantasy is a, a place to watch. So before moving on, can I tell you a really interesting fact? Please Amari yes. Cooper is nine months older than Terry McLaurin. Wow. That is an interesting fact. We talked about it in our dynasty ranks, right? Like what? Amari's still 25. It's crazy. What? Like Yeah. Yeah. What? I saw that. Mm. He's been in the league for what? 5 years now? 4 years? <laughs> it feels five, like it's I think, been yeah. 8. Like It's unreal. He's still so young and Terry McLaurin is not, you know, just some super young darling 22-year-old wide receiver. Nine months between those two is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Um, anyways, I'll take over from here. Um, we're moving on to the New York Giants in the NFC East. Um, the Giants are very fascinating to me. Obviously, they have got Saquon. They're not looking for a running back that's going to challenge that. They might add some depth behind it late round, you know, six, seven, something like that. That's fine. Whatever. Saquon's the dude. Um, they're good at quarterback. Young guy, Daniel Jones. Um, this is a very wide receiver needy team after trading away Odell Beckham Jr. before last offseason. They got Darius Slayton, which is which is great. He's fantastic. But to me, he's a really, really good second option on an offense, not a one, which is not a knock on him at all. That's a valuable piece to have on your team, a valuable piece for fantasy. That's completely fine. Um but if you can get an alpha dog across from him, um, that would be fascinating to me. If you can get a you know big body guy like we've talked about several times, I would like that a lot. If it's Denzel Mims, Antonio Gandy Golden, T. Higgins, any of these big body guys over there, maybe even a late round um Donovan Peoples-Jones sort of dart throw might be intriguing for someone that can carve out an interesting role. So I, I think that wide receiver is something to watch in this uh, this draft. They've still got Evan Ingram at tight end, who is ridiculously talented if he can stay healthy. They might look at filling in some depth behind him, potentially, like late late in the draft. But I think the wide receiver is the one to watch here for for the Giants. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you said, they've got pieces in place, but they have that that true one, uh, maybe. We'll see. 
NFC West, guys, let's kick it over to the Seahawks. John's team, but Okada is going to take oh, the lead. Rude. All righty. I'm Seattle interested. Seahawks. I'm curious about this. I am curious. Well, first of all, they don't need a quarterback. They got one of those, and he's real good. He's good. Uh, Russell Wilson. Running back, however, is very interesting. So you got Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, basically. After that, it's crap. Um, and both of those guys are coming off, are going to be coming off of injuries. Uh, Carson was a hip, right, Betts? Uh, at the very end of the yep. season, Correct and Rashad Penny was a torn ACL towards the end of last season. So yep. both of them are actually going to be, I don't know about questionable for training camp time, and I don't know what training camp looks like, but not necessarily the greatest, most confident situation for Seattle to be in heading into next year. We saw what they had to do in the playoffs, which is bring in Marshawn Lynch. When you get to that point, it's probably time to draft a running back. So there is a good chance they draft a running back. There is some buzz they will do it in round one. I think John wants that. He's mentioned about 17 guys he would like to go there. Hey, hey, hey. I, There's only like three, okay? <laughs> I don't know if they do. One if more they any. do, if they do, it's probably, it's probably, it's not definitely like it would be for some other teams because they do have talent there and a guy they just drafted in round one. But it's probably a boost to that running back's value. Now, he still has to beat out a potentially healthy Carson and Penny, who both have shown to be very effective running backs when they are healthy. Like, if Chris Carson is fully healthy going into this year, I have no concerns about him being my feature back. And if Rashad Penny is going in, he's one of the best RB2s, a great change of pace guy for sure to have with Carson. So that's why this running back backfield is kind of hard to figure out and predict. And it's kind of hard to say what will happen with a running back. It may depend a lot on who it is. And when and it'll depend a lot, as John has pointed out multiple times, on where they draft him. Again, if it is in round one, it's gonna matter quite a bit. And you're gonna want and he's that whoever that is is probably gonna get a small boost. But then we have to see what happens, obviously, as the season comes up and then rolls into. Uh wide receiver. I actually really would like a wide receiver to go here. John's giving me a little bit of sneer. I don't know what that's about. Here's the thing. None of the wide receivers they have are, are are wide receiver ones in the sense of being a true lead wide receiver one on a team, a target hog type of guy. DK Metcalf is physically gifted like some wide receiver ones, more like the wide receiver ones of old, to be honest. But he's not a guy who's going to get 120 targets, probably not even 110 targets, I don't think. John really believes in DK Metcalf. You think he's going to be a 120 target guy? I think he can. Uh, I think DK Metcalf has to take a lot of steps forward to be a 120, 130 target guy. Here's the thing, though, is that what is the thing? Bets? They don't let Russell Wilson throw the ball. They don't. So, but I'm saying even, I don't know that anyone. That's a fair there. point. That's very true. Hopefully, they let him loose. Okay, so maybe there's some disagreement on DK Metcalf's ceiling. By the way, I still love DK Metcalf for fantasy. I think he can do a lot with only 100 targets or 95 targets. I don't think he needs 120 to be good, and I think they know that. I don't think he's the type of guy who will do that, but we'll see. Tyler Lockett, also not that type of guy. He led the team with 110, and that was his most in his career, and that was high. He's not necessarily a guy who's going to be in that 120 target range consistently no. either. So I think this is a great place for a Justin Jefferson type of player honestly if you gave me the choice between Justin Jefferson in the later part of the first and a running back in the later part of the first I think I would lean Justin Jefferson for this team 
Uh, and if they go second or third round with a strong possession type wide receiver, I would like that a lot as well. So whoever that is, if it happens, would be a boost for me. Probably bigger than the boost for the running back. I will stop there because you guys gave me a lot of side eyes during that speech. Does someone <laughs> want to disagree with me? I do a lot. Um, Ooh. But that's okay. Um, so here's the thing. One, uh, you're wrong about DK. Um, I think that DK has all of the skill set and is earning the trust of Russell Wilson to become the featured wide receiver in that offense. Um, I think that Tyler Lockett is going to take a step back to being more of a uh, deep threat, stretch the field sort of wide receiver. He'll still get his fair share of looks, but I think that DK Metcalf with his physical abilities, um, I'm obviously very, very high on DK and I know that. Um, but I think that DK Metcalf is a potential rising superstar wide receiver. What's your target mark for him? In terms of... Let's say next year. Like the mark you would set, prediction-wise. In terms of like wide receiver finish? Not... No, target. No, how many how many targets? Oh, targets. Um, ninety five would be the over under. That, that that's not one hundred and twenty. What do you no, mean? No, I'm not saying he's there yet this year. But I'm saying that this is a guy that this year. <laughs> that's what could I'm be saying. Be a ninety five to one hundred and five target guy this okay, year. Okay, so let me ask it this way then: When he hits his stride in three years, what is he averaging per year? How about that? Twelve. That's not 120 target guy very, either. Very specific. I just I, that that is a fair yeah, number. I, I don't hate I'm that number. I'd say that's on the high end for what I would predict. But that's that's not a is Listen, that a true wide receiver one? Yeah, I think it is because of his abilities uh, physically after the catch, his ability to break tackles. A lot of things that he does in space are going to compensate for an extra five yes. targets over the course of a season. Yes, like fantasy that, wide receiver one, he could be. I don't. That's what I'm. That. That's what I'm saying. Is he gonna get Michael Thomas volume? No, he's not. Well, no one's it. gonna get Michael Thomas. Exactly. Volume. That's, that's what fair. I'm saying. But I think that this is a guy that could get the volume as early as the late half of this year, going into next season. The volume to support him being a top twelve fantasy wide receiver. So, do you think a Justin Jefferson? Uh, going to Seattle is a downgrade. Yes. Okay. Interesting. This I is think one of so. Our bigger disagreements. I don't think there's enough volume. Thing, I, think. I don't think they throw. I don't think. What they if they throw let enough. Russ cook? But they're not gonna. They won't. I, I'm literally wearing a hat. I can turn it around. It is a Seahawks hat that I'm wearing. They are not <laughs> going to give enough volume for Lockett, Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson to all be fantasy relevant, it's not going to happen. He might have his good weeks here and there. Picking them is going to be hard as hell. Um, You're going to have to pick the week that he decides to get a soft corner matchup and takes a slant and houses it for 60 yards. Like It's going to be really challenging to pinpoint that. I don't want Justin Jefferson in Seattle. They um, just brought in Philip Dorsett. Super cheap option. That's Yeah, but... What they need him to do is <laughs> 40 fine. target guy. Yeah. 40 targets, blazing fast, stretch the defense, let DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett go to work. That's what they need. They don't need, in my opinion, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Going back to your point about the running backs, like you said, Chris Carson is on the last year of his deal coming off of injury. Rashad Penny coming off an ACL injury. To me, 
this is a team, and listen, part of it's a pipe dream, and I understand that. But another part of it is that this is a team that has goo-goo eyes for running backs all the time. They freaking love their running backs. Jonathan Taylor, a recording from the Combine, just started surfacing a couple days oh, ago yeah. about him just saw that. gushing about yep. the Seahawks and about Pete Carroll and about Russell Wilson and, and about all of it. And it made my heart a flutter, gentlemen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but they have goo-goo eyes for running backs. And if they're sitting there at 27 and Jonathan Taylor's on the board, I'm not... The Red Shirts, the Red Shirts live stream would end because you would faint. I would be... I would be <laughs> yes. Well, Ben would just have to solo it for the rest of the I night. Would, I would be <laughs> celebratory doing shots. I would be going on and buying a custom jersey. <laughs> there would be so many things happening if this happens. And I'm not saying it's the likely scenario for all you people out there that are going, no, they need pass rush. No, they need offensive line. No, they could use help in the secondary. Yes, they could use all of those things, and I fully agree. However, John Schneider loves his running backs. And if Jonathan Taylor is sitting there, I could see them pulling the trigger. I'm not saying they should, but I could see them pulling the trigger and it would make me the happiest man in the world. And I would propose <laughs> Jonathan Taylor on the spot. So I would be so in love with that fit if it happens. But even if it's not that, if it's a day two pick at running back, I think that it's a valuable position to be in. I don't think they're going to give Chris Carson a second contract. So I think that them going running back on day two would still be an intriguing fit. Yeah, and real quick, just before we move on, this is the last point because we have completely gone off yeah, the rails we need to, as we need usual. Um, Rashad Penny, his ACL tear, not clean. Uh, I don't mm. think he's going to be a guy that comes back from that very well. Interesting. I'm going to say not clean. I just mean more damage inside the joint so longer recovery longer time to get back to full performance i think he's done honestly wow. as far as being fantasy relevant or no no no, not done as a career just saying like he's a depth yeah. piece for the rest of his yeah. career that's that's um, a so wow for a that, guy who's drafted in the first round two but they shouldn't ago. have taken him there yeah. anyways nick chubb was freaking on the no board they shouldn't and they have took rashad that's penny true. that was a mistake they were listening to betts's rookie profile is what their problem was <laughs> oh i love rashad penny <laughs> I'm and hey, to, to be fair, he has shown well. He did, he did. But he has shown well. In but spurts. Uh, injury aside, I don't think that he is a, a viable backup even. So I do think they address the position. It's just a matter of yep. when uh, for the Seahawks. For the Niners, I'm going to kick it over to the next team here. For the Niners, they've got their quarterback in Jimmy G, tight end. They've got George Kittle. Wide receiver, they've got Debo, but they need another playmaker on the perimeter to complement Debo and complement George Kittle. Guys, I put this in the article. I would love Henry Ruggs in this offense. Kyle Shanahan loves him some speed. Hmm. Henry Ruggs, 4-2-7, 40-yard dash, has the speed. And beyond that, this team is one of the top five teams passing out of play action last year. They are very, very good at it. They set up the pass with the run. And, man, if they can run play action and get Henry Ruggs deep in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, Game over. Burnt. So I love that call there if they take him, but they've been mocked to take uh, CeeDee Lamb. They've been mocked to take Jerry Judy at times. So I think they take one of these top-tier wide receivers. Really, really intrigued by that. Um, and I think that that definitely is a, a place that could be relevant to kind of help Debo in a way. I like Debo Samuel, but I don't know that he profiles, like we were saying about DK Metcalf, as like a 120-target type of guy. Um, they get him involved in the offense. He works the the short intermediate game very well 
but they need that deep threat to go long. They thought they had it with Marquise Goodwin. Obviously, injuries kind of derailed that. Um, so we'll see. They've got Jalen Hurd, but he's still unproven at this yeah. point. So I think they addressed the position there and would really love if they did. All right, Okada, we're going to kick it over to you, uh, and then we'll finish up with John. Let's chat about the Rams. All righty. So let's just start with the running back position because it is very nice. Oh, my goodness gracious. Todd Gurley, out of the picture, gone to Atlanta. And that leaves one of, I think, the most valuable holes in this entire draft for a prospect. Um, uh, Eagles wide receiver hole is very valuable. The Chargers quarterback hole is very valuable. The Rams running back hole is so good. It's up there with the Bucks. And if you're looking at maybe one of your guys who's not quite the pass catcher that like a CEH is who we talked about going to the Bucks. Maybe you're talking about more of a J.K. Dobbins. This is a spot where he would, whoever goes here is going to skyrocket. And if it is a guy who like J.K. Dobbins, who's a little bit lower, actually for all three of us, yeah. like towards the back end of the first even, and I think like our RB five or six in consensus, I think he has to jump up into the top three or four at the running yeah. back position and top half of the first round. Uh, in your rookie in your rookie drafts, because the scoring that comes out of this position is the best in football, bar none. And I, it's not just because Todd Gurley is really good. When Malcolm Brown gets carries, which he does a lot at the goal line and has in recent years, he scores. They get the ball into the red zone and then they run it in or they pat, dump it off to their running backs in the red zone. Whoever goes there is going to have immediate double-digit touchdown potential. If he's a decent player. So it is extremely valuable. I think probably my favorite spot. It's close with the Bucks, But probably my favorite spot for running back. If they take a guy even in the first four rounds. You're going to want to look at him in your draft somewhere. And if they take someone relatively early. You're going to want to look at him very highly in your rookie draft. Wide receiver position. Uh, it's interesting because they've got. They got two really good players. In Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But Cup's on the last year of his deal. And Robert Woods is up after 2021 uh so and they don't have money flowing freely because they pay everybody too much money and then have to trade them off and try to get other people to take parts of their contracts um so i don't know what the likelihood of them signing both these guys back are hmm. having said that cooper cup belongs here they, yep. jared goff loves him sean mcveigh loves him i think most likely he gets resigned maybe robert woods doesn't even if they're both there this is an offense, and Goff can be, wasn't really last year, but can be a quarterback who can support three viable guys. We saw with Cooks, Woods, and Cup. They were all viable. Maybe you have to be a Cooks-level talent to do it, but if they get a receiver in the first four rounds, similar to the running back, you're definitely going to want to take a look. They could definitely produce, and if they do go someone like in a round two or round three situation, I'm going to be looking at them pretty early in my rookie drafts, potentially. So, Lots of good opportunity here. It's a great offense with some holes. So, not tight end, though. They actually have some decent tight ends, young tight ends. But running back wide receiver, yes, please. Definitely. All right, John, let's wrap it up here, man. Talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals are interesting. After going out and getting DeAndre Hopkins for a moldy sock, um, 
they <laughs> just there you go get bodied Bill yeah Bill be bodied Bill O'Brien which is bodied. pretty easy to do so uh, drop the elbow um man easy pickings but they swindled Houston in that deal Houston ended up paying more for Brandon Cooks than they got back for DeAndre Hopkins um and that baffles my mind and hurts my heart a little bit DeAndre Hopkins, to me, is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you put him in an offense that is continuing to develop. Klingsbury is is learning the NFL and how to make his scheme fit with NFL defenses. Kyler Murray continuing to ascend. This, to me, is like the next hot thing. Like This is that rising, ascending offense that is just like everything there is in place and burning for it to just go boom with DeAndre Hopkins. Now here's the thing we've talked about it several times on our pod. Cliff Kingsbury runs a four wide system. There are reports that Kyler Murray as of today, which is the 21st on Tuesday uh, before the draft, two, two days, Tuesday, two days before the draft that, Kyler Murray is campaigning for CD Lamb. Um, it could happen. That's the thing. And we've been talking about it for like a month, but it really could happen because they run a four wide. And with Larry Fitzgerald's time kind of dwindling down in his career, um, you give me an offense with DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, CD Lamb, and Christian Kirk with Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake, I mean, holy cow, uh, that's scary. So to me, wide receiver is still something to watch in this draft. Uh, to me also, they tagged Kenyon Drake. They've been talking about potentially extending him, but it's not done. It's not, to my knowledge, anywhere close to being done. They might want to extend him, but right now he's only on the tag and they have just Chase Edmonds behind him. Um, a running back could be interesting as a stash sort of situation to see if they carve out a role. Um, but to me, wide receiver is the big one. If they invest early in a wide receiver in this draft, that is a wide receiver that's going to come in and be a focal point in the offense, like probably the second target on most plays where Larry Fitzgerald starts to take a little bit of a back seat as his career comes winding down. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, 100%. If they don't take a running back sneaky name, just to kind of monitor going super late in startups is chase. Edmonds. Absolutely. Um, showed well last year. And obviously Drake is the guy we, we all agree, but uh, if they don't take running back, he would be the immediate two and could certainly carve out a bit of a role. And yep. obviously, if injury happens, he would be the guy behind Kenyon Drake. So watch out for that. Fellas, Oof. two podcasts in one recording. Wow, wow. Uh, we recorded them both in the same day, but separately we wanted to get this content out to you guys as soon as we could to make sure you had it all before the start of the NFL draft, which kicks off on Thursday. Of course, John and I are going to be live for that on Periscope and YouTube. So check it out. Come hang out with us, pour a drink, get a snack. We're going to be here for a few hours. There so will be hang, lots of both. Us. I'm just saying. Lots yes, of both. All the snacks. All the snacks. All the snacks. Uh, but yeah, come check, check that out. 
hang out with us. Guys, if you like what you're hearing and you like the show, please drop us a rating and review in your podcast app. It's the easiest way to say thank you, the easiest way to let us know that you like what you're hearing, and just let us know what you think too. It doesn't have to be like, this pod is great. You can let us know genuinely what you think. It'll help us make the product better, which of course helps you, helps other listeners as well. So check that out. Follow us on social media at RetroTsFFPod. Okada is at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. I am at the Fantasy PT. Until next time, we are the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.